Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Carl Wonders. And I'm Thad Haight. And tonight we're going to continue our romp through the Austin Powers films with the second film in the franchise, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Indeed. This film shagged us rotten. It, <laughs> Not the carpet. <laughs> so, I remember this was a big deal when this movie came out. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. I was in middle school, so like the target audience. Okay. Um... And I know a lot of kids were like, just loved this movie when it came out. I I remember because it was it came out in the summer I think, and I remember I went to I was at Boy Scout camp that summer, like a couple weeks after it first came out, and just just you know as you know preteen boys are wont to do, they just yell out random movie quotes, mm-hmm. and uh, you would frequently hear people yelling like yelling out you know get in my belly and stuff like that <sighs> because. Obviously, 13-year-old boys find that hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 13-year-old boys are the only people that find Fat Bastard and find him fun. Yeah. Uh, I hate Fat Bastard in this movie. It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, and sadly, it's like one of the few original things they do in this movie. Like, the only thing that I like about Fat Bastard is the juxtaposition of the... Instead of Austin, you know, sleeping around, it's the, it's the love interest this time. I yes. like that little juxtaposition yeah. there. Yeah. And how but... he, he gets offended that she would sleep with him because that's what the mission called on her to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, to me, almost plays better now than it did in 1999. Yeah. Because uh, back then it was like, oh, gross, she's sleeping with this big fat guy, you know, and all that stuff. I yeah I I don't think I saw the original in the theater. I remember going to watch this movie uh, because it was such a big deal, and everyone made a big deal about the sequel. Because I don't I don't think that anyone expected the first one to do as well as it did. And I think we talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. And this was clearly set up to be the next big hit. I remember it made the cover of Newsweek. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's a terrible movie. I I enjoy watching it. I guess, but it's. It's hitting all the same jokes yes. from the first one. And, I mean, the two big additions they make were Fat Bastard, which we both you know, already said is terrible. Mm-hmm. And then Mini-Me, who be- I don't know if they expected Mini-Me to be such a thing. Yeah, Mini-Me became a huge thing. Oh my god, Mini-Me was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and this time when I sat down to watch it, I kept thinking, Mini-Me is just making this movie longer. Um, yes. I mean, I like, I, I like some of the stuff with Mini-Me, and I like... Some of the jokes and and how he wants to kill he wants to kill Scott, you know that because again Scott is just a waste of time in this movie, for me. Yeah, didn't like didn't Drew Carey even do a mini me thing? Yeah, and then everyone was doing a mini me thing. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking of. I I think anyone who was probably between your age and my age, like mini me, is just a, a shorthand for something. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows what you're talking about. And poor Vern Troyer became Mini-Me forever as a result of this movie. <laughs> but it, it's fine. I thought Mini-Me was fine, but they, they, they did sort of, like, they did sort of go on on and on with the Mini-Me jokes about how Mini-Me <laughs> was basically feral, I think, a little too much. Yeah. Like, and then they do things where they do that weird number where they're singing just the two of us. For no reason at all, other than to do it. 
Yeah. Did they say you have to make the movie 90 minutes or longer or else something happens? I I don't know. Uh. (laughs) Funny you should say that. This movie could have been a lot longer. It could have been. On the Blu-ray, there are 21 (laughs) deleted scenes. Wow. I have not watched them. I just was shocked when I saw that on the menu. I'm like, that... I don't think I've ever seen that many deleted scenes on any from any movie. No, are, are they like 30 seconds long or Yeah, my guess is there a lot of them are probably just ext- uh extended versions of existing scenes. Yeah, where they would just, you know, they realize if we cu- if we end it here it's funnier or it works better than like having a tag on the on the joke. Mhm. Yeah. I don't have the Blu-ray, but now I'm I'm weirdly curious what those are, but at the same time, I don't have a burning desire to go to watch them. If you want to borrow my Blu-ray, you're welcome. Okay. I, <laughs> I may take you up on that at some point. There's also director's commentary on all three of these. You know, that could be interesting. I, I usually like listening to them. Yeah, I have not, but I, I do enjoy commentary. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, uh, I think it's actually Mike Myers and... Uh, uh, Jay Roach, Jay Roach, all three. Yeah, that could be fun, actually. Speaking of which, what else has Jay Roach done? Because I don't really know. So weirdly, recently, um, I watched something I th- that he's done recently. Um, I don't know if you get HBO. I do. But there was a, uh, um, it's like a vignette series of uh, Coastal Elites that I don't know if you saw advertised that was around like around the election that they put out no i didn't so it was um well i'm looking at his credits and i'm like kind of so like in addition to you know obviously doing Mm -hmm. austin powers like he right after he did austin powers he then did the meet he then did meet the parents which yep that tracks Mm -hmm. uh but then like in the last in the last like decade he's done Trumbo and Bombshell. I mean, like mm-hmm. these are he's definitely uh well, I mean, he's definitely he definitely has range, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, he did recount. I don't know is, recount. So, it was the Oh, was that the, the about the 2000 election with um yeah, with okay, Kevin Spacey yeah. and Bob Balaban and Laura Dern and John Hurt? Yeah, and, I haven't seen yeah. that one, but yes. And then yeah, he did Game Change, which is about the John McCain Choosing yeah, Sarah that's Palin, the Woody Harrelson, John McCain movie, right. right? Yep. And then Coastal Elites in 2020, which was it's it's a sort of five vignettes of these people kind of talking at the camera, and it's Bette Midler, um, Caitlin Deaver, Dan Levy, Sarah Paulson. You know, they they each play a character that they're talking to the camera about something. It's like a first person thing. It's, that's actually quite good. Uh, that's all about surviving COVID nineteen during the end of the Trump administration. So he's either done like these crazy spoof movies or, or sort of raunchy comedies, I guess. And then he went on and did all these <laughs> political things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so Trumbo is, is about Dalton Trumbo, who is a screenwriter who got blacklisted during mm-hmm. the, you know, the McCarthy era. I think Brian Cranston was in that played Dalton Trumbo. Yes. And then bombshells about the the uh, the um oh Roger the Ailes Fox News thing, thing. Fox yeah News. yeah right yeah. that was actually pretty good I watched I watched mm-hmm. that recently yeah yeah so that's interesting also he's he's uh, he's attached to Austin Powers four which is probably not going to happen okay 
From what I see, it was originally announced in 2016, but it's been in development hell since then. I don't think it needs to happen. It really doesn't. No. <laughs> and we haven't watched Goldmember, and to be honest, I still haven't... This will be my first time watching it. I've seen it once. I remember thinking it was terrible. Um, um, I, I will say, and I might edit this out, I did start to watch it. <laughs> and I honestly... And I, it might be gauche to say this, I really enjoyed the beginning where they're doing the film version of Austin Powers and, like, Kevin Spacey plays Dr. Evil. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's better than Spy Hard. And, the, and they get Steven Spielberg to be the director and they just make fun of Steven Spielberg for a few minutes. and Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's better than Spy Hard. Uh, that's... What isn't? Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch, oh boy, Spy Heart, yes, of the movie, of the things that we have watched for this podcast so far, Spy Heart is probably the worst. And I, th I think it'll be the worst. I mean, we haven't watched the Johnny English movies yet. Um, oh, do we have to? Is that next? I think so, yeah. Okay. Should be, I, unless there's another parody in between Austin Powers and Johnny English. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, we should watch that Melissa McCarthy, uh, Jason Statham movie. Melissa McCarthy, Jason Statham movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a spy movie. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's just called Spy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy, Jason Statham, Rose Byrne, and Jude Law. Oh, boy. That's 2015. Okay. Written and directed by Paul Feig. Feig. Rose Byrne, Bobby Cannavale, Alice and Jenny, and Jude Law. It's not terrible, actually. How bad could it, it be? Okay. No, it, it, it actually is not terrible. Okay. So, Melissa McCarthy is is complicated. Yeah. Uh, as in, there are some very good Melissa McCarthy roles, mm -hmm. and then there are terrible Melissa McCarthy roles. I would agree with that. This is sort of in the middle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I actually saw this one when it came out. That's why I was, I was just thinking, it is a spy spoof movie, so we should watch it. Okay. We'll <laughs> add it to the list. You you just don't want to get to Mission Impossible for some reason. I actually really want to get to Mission Impossible. <laughs> I love those movies. Well, I love most of those movies. Yeah. All except I the love, second one. Yeah. I love the first one, <laughs> and I love the series that starts with the third one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the first, let's be honest, the first one and Mission Impossible 3 Plus are, like, only, like, tangentially related. Correct. And then you have that other one. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that other one. From the director of Bridesmaids in the Heat. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll add that to the list. <laughs> After we watch the, what three Johnny English movies? Yes, the Johnny's English. Johnny's English, okay. <laughs> but first we have to get through this movie. I, and, you know, as we said, directed by Jay Roach, written by Mike Myers and Michael McCullers, who I think sticks around for the next movie. Um, I don't know what his contributions were to this script, but... No idea. I like how we get, at the very beginning, this very James Bond sounding song that just ends. Yes.
you get like two bars of a, and then instead you get Star Wars crawl. Why is there a Star Wars crawl? Why is there a Star Wars crawl? I don't know. Austin Powers, international man of mystery, was frozen in 1967 and defrosted in the 90s to battle his nemesis, Dr. Evil. After foiling his archenemy's plan to send a nuclear warhead to the center of the Earth, Austin banished Dr. Evil to the cold recesses of space and settled down with his new wife, Vanessa, to live happily ever after. Or so he thought. I I like that music, though. The... Oh, yeah. I, I like the, the James Bond pastiche music. Mm-hmm. I think they missed a chance to have... Uh, Basil Exposition read that, but... Ah, they totally should have Basil... Yeah. Yes. We get another good parody of the the space music from You Only Live Twice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it just me, or is Big Boy way bigger this time around? Yeah, it's way bigger. <laughs> Dr. Evil gets pooped out of Big Boy, basically. For some reason. For some reason, because why not? And then we have a completely unnecessary scene. What, the honeymoon scene? Yeah. What was the point of turning Vanessa into a fembot? I guess we had to explain why Elizabeth Hurley's not in this movie. Except she is. She is in this movie for about five seconds. Like, it would have been so much better if they had just, like, already, like, they had made a throwaway line to, you know, oh, and my wife turned out to be a fembot or something. Right. Why was she here? Why is this scene here? Yeah, I don't know. My, I mean, my note said I would wish Vanessa hadn't been in this movie at all. I did like how the penis pump was there, though. That was a nice Oh, the penis... Yes. I did laugh at the joke with the SAP button. Yes! <laughs> that did, That also made me laugh. That, that felt very of the late, late 90s, and also just... It was funny. And then Austin goes on a naked romp through the hotel, even though he wasn't naked before. Four. No, of course. And he's not naked at the end, either. Yeah. And thankfully, he's not actually naked here, because you can see his Correct. Uh, flesh-colored briefs a few times. Thank goodness. Indeed. Um, I do laugh at the ham joke. Yeah, the ham was good. The ham is amusing. Um, the bris joke with all the rabbis. Yes. <laughs> when he cuts the very tip. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's just another excuse to do a production number for some reason. For some reason. And then, yeah, he's wearing a swimsuit once he gets in the mm-hmm. water. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's this... The the general in Guam is somebody who's always in things... Yes. ...that I can't quite place. And then another scene dating this movie, we see on the current surveillance priority screen, we see the guy watching Jerry Springer... How much does it date the movie? Didn't Jerry Springer run for like 20 years or it something? It did. <laughs> but I it, I feel like he hasn't oh. been on the air in a while. So I looked it up, actually, while okay. watching this, because I was curious. <laughs> and I think it was 2017? Is when wow, was really? Yeah. Um, and he now does a court show, Judge Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Can you just imagine that? Uh, actually, I can. is when Jerry Springer ended. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he does Judge Jerry now. Wow. On, uh, it's, a uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do like how he's getting the, the Ku Klux Klan guy and the skinhead and the actual mm-hmm. guy in the Nazi uniform to be anti-Dr. E- evil here. Yes. I love when Dr. Evil calls Scott the margarine of evil. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean that I mean that clearly is Jerry Springer. Yo, yeah. I, I, I remember occasionally watching Jerry Springer when I had nothing else to do. Yep. I've And that was Usually it was when I was homesick. Yep. And when my parents weren't around because yeah. they would never have allowed me to. But this watch feels Jerry like Springer. every Jerry Springer episode. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dr. Evil, like, grabs the guy's hood, and he's like, I got your hood, I got your hood. Yes. (laughs) Meanwhile, back in England, we get an AOL joke. (laughs) That dates the movie more than Jerry Springer. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) He says, how was your honeymoon? And Austin says, it turns out Vanessa was a fembot. And Basil says, yes, we knew all along, sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a that was a nice line, and I like how Austin just like what? Yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing a very interesting suit. He is. Yeah. And but he's been sent to do a photo shoot with uh, Rebecca Romain. Yeah, because you know why not? Yeah. Because as herself. Yeah. And Ivana Hump a lot, not as because, herself. Yeah, I guess in at this time period in what is this ninety eight. 98, yeah, I guess so, 98, 99. Uh, Rebecca Romaine was a semi-famous model, and that Mm -hmm. was pretty much what she was known for. I mean, obviously today we know her as an actress, but yeah, and I I, I like the the increasingly bizarre commands he gives them to do, including... Yeah, in- including make an interconnected series of tunnels like the Viet Cong. <laughs> Viet Cong yeah. <laughs> like that came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now Doctor Evil's headquarters in Seattle are the sp- is the Starbucks Space Needle, <laughs> which I love. Yes, that's great. And of course, number two is behind Starbucks. Didn't number two die in the last movie? Uh, did he? I guess so. He went into the fire thing didn't he and i guess he has a burn he on has his a burn mark now. on his face yeah so yeah we meet mini me yes we do who also has a cat because sure yeah and this is where we find dr evil's cunning plan to go back in time and steal austin powers mojo mojo and scott is all of us when he points out why not just go back in time and kill him right Did you say like when he's on the crapper or something like that yeah yeah so he goes back in time and meets younger number two, played by Rob Lowe. Who, so we'll get into why, but he does an incredible <laughs> Robert Wagner impression in he this movie. He does a very good Robert yeah. Wagner impression. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen Men in Black 3? I have. His Robert Wagner impression is as good as Josh Brolin's Tommy Lee Jones impression. It's, it's pretty good, yeah. And apparently he was dating Robert Wagner's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was still. I think he had. No, but he had. So he had some plenty of time to build up this repertoire of yeah. mannerisms and stuff. And this was... Like, I didn't, I don't think I... This might be the first time I really knew Rob Lowe from something. Like, I, I he was he was on West Wing around the same time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, he wasn't a household name yet, I no. don't think. So, I have a little nitpick here uh they make a joke where they're like oh number two you look great and then they go to frau forbissena and he's like right because she looks exactly the same but we already saw her in 1967 so why is that a surprise that's a very good point (laughs) i mean i get it but 
So, yeah, and we see that he's got an evil island lair that even has his own his, face chiseled his, out of a mountain. Because yep, why not? Because that's secret. It tracks. Yeah. Well, now Austin Powers is playing chess with Ivana Humpelot. Which is a, one of my favorite exchanges in the movie. I guessed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how we keep warm in Russia? <laughs> I can guess, baby. We play chess. I guessed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of that in this movie. Yes. Because, I mean, that's legitimately funny. And, of course, you get, like, the stroking of the chess pieces and all this stuff, you know, but whatever. When did you get the clapper? November 1964, <laughs> Dutch East Indies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, like, eats the chess piece by mistake. Yes, he does. It's a, it's an interesting scene. Yep. I mean, it's really just there for us to know when he loses his mojo. Oh, of course. Or as Rob Lowe calls it, his mojo. <laughs> and now we are introduced to Fat Bastard. Fat Bastard. He weighs a metric ton. He does. Which is not actually possible, I don't think. No, I think I read somewhere like elephants weigh a metric ton. Yeah. And he doesn't look that big. <laughs> no. Like, I'd say easily... So I've seen... I've seen my 600-pound life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's like 500, 600 pounds, no more. Yep. I have no use for Fat Bastard in this movie. Yeah. Like, what is it with, like, the baby, the other white me- other, other white meat? Like, he's, listen up, I ate a baby. What is that? Okay, yeah. is that your response to lose weight? Like, yeah. what? How? What? Yeah. Like, if this had been the only scene with Fat Bastard, I'd have been okay. Sadly, it is not. I would still have not been okay, but yeah. So now Austin Austin lost his mojo, and they know what happened, so they're going to send him back in time to 1969 mm-hmm. in a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. And there's the thing where he, like, runs over people first. but Right. But I, I like Basil's line early, like, before he does that, where he's like, Austin goes into the whole thing about time paradoxes and everything, and he's like, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yes. And then Basil says, I suggest you don't worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy yourself and looks at the camera. That goes for all of you, too. And that was an <laughs> ad-libbed line. Yeah, which is great. It's the best line in the movie. Yeah, it's... A, yeah. So, alright. Austin Powers goes back in time to 1969, two years after he was frozen. hmm And, like, there's a disco party happening in his apartment? Do they break in? Yeah, like how? What did he like? Leave instructions that his apartment to be turned into a disco, a disco bar. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he had. No, and he drives right into the pad too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so first he's you know dancing with one of Doctor Evil's henchmen. Yep. And Heather Ram shows up and warns him. Mm-hmm. I appreciate like you know his teeth are bad now because he went back in time. Yes. I'm not sure how that works. No. I'm not sure that's how it works, but... No. And, and we talked about how his teeth aren't that bad anyway. Yeah. I, I do like the joke of, like, the henchman that won't die. Yes. Because this is the second best movie that I've seen recently that has Steppenwolf in it.
Okay. All um, right. What's the first? I mean, it was First Contact Day recently. Ah, fair enough. So, um, we get the obvious product placement where he's like, "Get your hands off my hiney." The villain is named Steppenwolf. Wait, hold. What? I thought you were gonna maybe say it was the Snyder Cut because the villain is named Steppenwolf in Justice League. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. This movie is better than the Snyder Cut. I have not seen the Snyder Cut, and I'm okay with that. You will save four hours of your life if you don't. Sounds good. Yeah. Besides, I don't have a, a four by three screen to watch it on. <laughs> yeah, so Heather Graham shows up. Mm-hmm. In an American car. She's interesting in this movie. Yes. Have you seen anything else that she's been in? Probably. Okay. Like, I don't know if I could name them off the top of my head. I mean, I do sort of miss Elizabeth Hurley in this movie. Even though I don't need that scene with her in it earlier. Oh, yeah. No, I saw Lost in Space. That's yeah. a terrible oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That was around the same time. It's a terrible movie, but it's a fun, terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've seen things that have their graves in. Okay. Why, why did you ask? Um, She's not great in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that... Like, at least three quarters of her lines are essentially innuendos to get him to sleep with her. Yes. Which is unfortunate. And they escape, and we get the great line about... You know what's remarkable? Is how much England looks in no way like Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) And then they get tailed by Musafa again. Yes. I I like... So, this this scene is... Nah, whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Uh, But... I like how it gives us the after credit where where they repeat the joke from the first one with Mustafa not being dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like that you have to ask him three times and then he's like, yes. Who sent you? You'll have to kill me. Who sent you? Kiss my ass, Powers. Who sent you? Uh, Dr. Evil. <sighs> that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> Why did you tell us? I can't stand to be asked the same question three times. It just irritates me. Where is Dr. Evil hiding? Why would he tell me? I'm just one of his low-level functionaries. Where is Dr. Evil hiding? You'll have to torture me. I'll never tell you. Where's Dr. Evil hiding? Damn! Three times. He's hiding in the secret volcano lair. Where's Dr. Evil's secret volcano lair? I spit at that question. Do I really have to ask you two more times? Go to hell, Powers. Fine. Where is Dr. Evil's secret volcano lair? I will take it to the grave with me. Aha! You have to answer. He asked you three times. No, 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 no. The second question was, do I really have to ask you two more times? So that would be the first question in a new line of questioning and wouldn't count in the other line of questioning. Yeah, he's right. That's good. But, like, they don't notice the Dr. Eve... They don't notice the mini-me baby in the stroller? Well... It's just odd. Yeah. But, yes, I like the three times thing. That's... That... But, it, that, but I mean, the, I mean, then we're doing the same joke again from the first movie, only slightly different. Yes. It's like, my, my wound is starting to smell like almonds, and that is not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as IMDb astutely points out, he gets shot in the neck by a dart, just like he does in... What was it? Old school? Yeah, that's obviously. Because <laughs> that's a clearly a tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut back to uh, to uh, Doctor Evil's lair, 
and Fat Bastard. Fat Bastard. Where we get all of the quotable lines. Yep. He looks like a baby. I'm gonna eat you. Mm -hmm. Get in my belly. Because that's funny. Well, first we have to go through all of the the things about how he used to take a crap, which is also funny. Oh, so funny. Uh, Well, that's when it makes the... Well, they make the clear allusion to Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Crap on deck that could choke a donkey. So we're joking because IMDb has terrible trivia. Yes, they do. And they make the Mustafa joke. And they also, where when Fat Bastard says he has a crap on deck that could choke a donkey, IMDb says that Shrek references that by having Mike Myers in a movie with a donkey. Right. That's not how that works. No, that that's not a connection. No. And I guess they got paid money because, weirdly, Fat Bastard goes into the Chili's Baby Back Ribs song. Which he shouldn't know because it's 1969. Right. Or, as Dr. Evil says, right. (laughs) But he's like, I want my baby back, baby back. Ribs. Ribs. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? I have no idea. So... I will say they the, the ribs at Chili's are actually not bad. No, uh, <laughs> for for a chain restaurant, they they're pretty decent. Yeah. So then, Doctor Evil drinks some of the mojo and becomes and, and they then they play Marvin Gaye. Of course they do. <laughs> and he and Frau Farbissena get it on make Bulu Loop. Yeah. And as you point out, he's wearing a <laughs> he's wearing a Renaissance fair shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I read that note. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who aren't fat in me, we <laughs> Which is all of you. <laughs> we, I assume. We we went to a Renaissance Festival and bought pirate shirts to go to the Renaissance Festival and they were rather see through. And it was unfortunate. We had very prominent nipples. (laughs) Thankfully, neither of us had three of them. (laughs) Well, we would have had to share it because there's only one fake nipple. (laughs) And I have, and I actually no, it was so bad that I like digitally altered the photos of us. Yes, they no longer showed. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I do like the cut to the volcano erupting. Yes. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. And then we're at the cryo place, mm-hmm. the scene of the crime, and yep. Austin's doing various sexy photos of his frozen body. Right. And now, like, he, we have the montage of oh, Austin yeah. and Felicity Shagwell doing all sorts of things together. Yep. Messing around with the tower guard, which goes on for a long time. I like the bit where she kisses him, nothing happens, he kisses him, and he reacts. Yep. That was pretty good. Yeah. And when she asks what the future's like, he says, everyone has a flying car, entire meals come in pill form, and the earth is ruled by damn Damn dirty dirty apes. apes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Burt Bacharach is there again with uh, Elvis Costello. That's a joke that she wouldn't get because it's 1969. (laughs) No, actually, um, no. The Planet of the Apes movie came out in 1968. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the 70s. Okay. No, no. Never mind. No, she, she would have got that. that. I have seen that movie. Hmm. I've actually seen all of the Planet of the Apes movies. Like, two-thirds of them are good. Yeah, like, and the the new ones are really good. The, yes, the, they are. Yeah. 
Not the Tim Burton one, but the other one. Oh ones. no, that one's that one is bad. The end just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. It would have been an okay movie if it didn't have that final scene. It's like, why are there apes and why is Yeah, everything fade? is why in that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. They dance, and then Austin won't go to bed with her because he's lost his mojo, but he won't say that. Yeah. But she knows he's lost his mojo. She was at the yeah. scene of the crime. Right. Oh, and then we we hint that uh, Scott is not artificially created after all. I also like how they they said it wouldn't have the, the scene where where, where they're ma- getting coffee. He's like, yeah, it got weird, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. All right. So we cut back to Austin's apartment and he's putting up the photos he shot of of his body which i thought was pretty cool yeah we get another sad montage here with austin yes and she goes and sleeps with fat bastard yes she does i this scene apparently took four hours to film i believe it because this is stan winston doing this fat bastard suit which i didn't realize until we read the trivia okay so i feel like that i'm supposed to know what that means but who is stan winston so Stan Winston is, he was a very famous puppeteer and prosthetics guy. You know, he did the, um, he did the Terminator. Uh, okay. And, you know, all the mechanical stuff. He did the, he did the animatronics for the dinosaurs in uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. So he, yeah, he's a, he was a big name. Back I will say it's a very realistic fat suit. Yeah. And they made a point of that. Like they... They hand put in all of the hairs and the molds and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I just don't need this scene. No. I mean, so Basil sends her off to implant a tracking device on Fat fat Bastard by any means necessary. And they even repeat that line here. Like, that was sufficient. <laughs> yeah. It Yeah, it's a... They, we didn't have to actually see the scene. No. And that's... Probably my biggest problem with this movie is that they they repeat a lot of the old movie, but then they add in all this gross-out stuff that we just don't need. Like, you know, the the stool sample scene later. Like, why? Yeah. Because it's funny for 13-year-old boys? I, I, I don't know. Especially because they could have very easily stopped him from drinking it since they mm-hmm. knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just watched in, in horror as he did drink it. All right. So now we've got the plan with the laser laser which i like this scene should have called it operation wang chung <laughs> <laughs> yes ass <laughs> the death star and he calls it the alan parsons project yes www.sh.com yeah that i don't need no like that and then the zip it scene zip it good i mean he and I like when he, I like the scene where he bounces the ball off of number two, mm-hmm. throws it into the hoop. You know that stuff. I I enjoy. Yeah, parts of it. Yeah. So now we find out that Fat Bastard left behind a stool sample. He did in Paddington Station. He left a floater. So now, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, why is it's totally unsanitary to have the coffee right there in the lab yeah. like that? Why do you have a beaker with a spout on it like that? Yeah, that too. <sighs> Why does Minnie me bite? <laughs> I have no idea. The whole thing is dumb. Yeah. Sorry, I just don't 
I there are things I like about this movie, but as a whole, it's just yeah. yeah. Like I made derogatory comments to thirteen-year-old boys enjoying Fat Bastard, but I giggle every time at the stop pumping the laser bit for some reason. So, you know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I do like when he asked for one hundred billion dollars, and they're like, "There's not enough. There's not that much money in the world." <laughs> also, the general's back. Yeah, Charles Napier's there, and he also didn't age in thirty years. No. Well, this is back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Show me what money. Yeah. Nobody knows what you're talking about, ass. <laughs> I like when he shows him the clip of um, Independence Day blowing up the White House. Yeah, that was. Yeah. But the real laser would be a lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ain't all that in a bag of potato chips. What? What even is that from? I have no idea. <laughs> I like the gag of them going to the beach and doing the uh, the the Doctor No thing with the bikini. Yes. <laughs> oh, I also like um, when Doctor Evil says that Austin Powers is like the snake to his mongoose or the mongoose to my snake. Either way, it's bad. I don't know animals. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yes, the the Doctor No thing I like. Yeah, the the sign, the that, sign says, that says keep, keep off, keep out Doctor Evil's private, private volcano, volcano island. island. Yeah, no solicitors. Yeah, and then they're weirdly having a piano duet for some reason, singing "What if God was one of us?" Ugh. Why? All right, I do kind of find the dig a little deeper scene funny. Yeah, I do too, and I shouldn't. Also, so I know that they are, uh, the evil, Dr. Evil's henchmen are wearing evil outfits, but it looks like Earth Force from Babylon 5. <laughs> it kind of does, with plastic red helmets. I just meant the logo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But why was there a gerbil in the back? <laughs> I don't know. Why is she, why is she um, trying to get a, a tennis racket inside the bag later? <laughs> but yeah, that whole thing is... I, I It's amusing. Yeah. And for once, they actually play it about to where it should stop. Yeah. Like, I don't and get... And when everything I, falls down behind him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he stands up. When he stands up. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, in between, we have the goofy, uh, just the two of us scene. Yeah. Which I don't understand. And once again, uh, Dr. Evil has put them into shiny new yep. clothes. Mm-hmm. Been an evil doctor for 30 freaking years. <laughs> I like the countdown where he's like, started at 30, and then it's like, just just say go when we close the doors. Yes. <laughs> All right, so it's clearly just them in the rocket. Yep. But then when we get to the moon base, Frau Farbissina is there. Right. How? How did she get there? I don't know. So we have some of the best part of one of the best parts of the movie. Then when they're going, when they're launching up, and the space, the rocket looks like a dick. Yep. And <laughs> the the constant, you know, it looks like a giant dick. Look at this. Yeah. Oh my god! It looks I like know. a huge pecker. Where? There's a woodpecker right there. Right. Yeah. Wait, that's not a woodpecker. It looks like someone's privates. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing is great. Yeah. And then they do it again later. Yeah, and we get Clint Howard again, which is nice. Yeah, which, yeah Clint Howard is always nice. And Willie Nelson for some yeah. reason. Yeah, well, because his name is Willie. Yeah. Looks like an enormous wang. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I like, and then... And I like how it comes back to Clint Howard, and his name is Johnson. Yes. 
Um, meanwhile, they've locked Austin and Felicity in the room with one inept guard. Yes, I like that. Also, if they're that close to the magma, they'd already be dead. Yes, of course. But yes, the one inept guard is great. And Austin has got the whole plan, and Felicity's just like, boobs. Yep. And and this is the scene where we were talking about at the beginning, where kind of the, the gender reversal here. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. But yeah, she just, like, this plan could work, but I'll just flash boobs, and the guy will walk into lava. So... Has anyone in the history of the world ever actually gone, Mommy, when they see boobs? Um, Because it's a thing that happens in movies. I I haven't. (laughs) I certainly haven't. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of disturbing. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this isn't the only, like, it's... It's, yeah, that sort of thing is is played for laughs a lot, and it's just like that's weird. That's a weird reaction to it, have. It really is. We get a repeat of the the double entendre here, where he's like, "That that could get some get a man fired." Oh, oh, he does a whole bunch of them. Yeah, and, and she's, she's like, yeah, "That's she's enough." Like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. yeah, and now the Alan Parsons project is ready to go. Yep, we have Moon Moon Unit Alpha and Moon Unit Zappa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And they take Apollo 11 to go to the moon. Okay. Which took days. Yeah. That was going to be my next complaint. They launch and they immediately get to the moon. That's not how that worked. No. (laughs) They would have been way too late by the time they actually got to the moon. Yeah. I think it took four days to get to the moon. Yeah. And then, so when he's, so when Dr. Evil is, you know, blackmailing the president, the president's like, Jiminy German Jesus. <laughs> I do like his his thing where he's like, I got nukes out the yin-yang, why can't I just use some of them? And the guy's like, are you suggesting we blow up the moon? <laughs> would you miss it? <laughs> Actually, that would be a very bad thing. It would be, yeah. Thing. There would be problems. Because you get a lot of... We have a lot of flooding. Orbit. Well, beyond the flooding, you'd have the problem of those rocks that are in orbit would would keep hitting each other yep. and eventually would start falling into Earth. Well, I mean, it depends on how much dispersed the moon becomes, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because you don't erase the mass of the moon, but anyway. I guess if they get it small enough, it wouldn't be as yeah. much of an issue. And then... So, Felicity and Austin get onto the moon base, and you get this stupid long fight scene with Mini-Me. Yes, you do. That should have ended, like, three times. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, but this is because Mini-Me is funny. Is he? No. And we have to have it so that he ends up in his pants, and he has to, like, poop him out into space or something. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And then Austin Powers has the choice of either saving the world or Felicity. Mm Mm-hmm. So, he... Goes to the time machine and creates a second one. Yep. Which that works. Yeah, that this uh, this works for me. Yeah, and I, I like how they just keep talking. Like, Thanks, Austin from ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. We are sexy bitches. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I kind of what they want. They really what they really should have had. Like they should have had the scene where Austin from now had to jump into the time machine though to make Austin from the future. Otherwise, the paradox that you aren't well, supposed to think about. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not that kind of movie. <laughs> I mean, because we have past Austin come back later. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, you know, they save the day, everything, but Dr. Evil gets away, naturally. Of course he does. And now we have a Diamonds Are Forever reference well, here. I mean, this is when first when she's like, the 70s and the 80s, you miss a gas shortage and a flock of seagulls. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, this is almost like, you know, we had random tasks show up last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> sort of thing, but it... it it makes me think of the Diamonds Are Forever room service scene. Yeah. No, I agree. And I am mildly amused when Austin says, Shut your mouth, you bastard who is fat. <laughs> fat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that was another one. He says, I'm dead sexy. That was another thing that... that oh, yeah. Quote. Yeah. I mean, you have this moment of, like, you almost feel sorry for him, but no. Yeah. He's like, I don't care if I don't care if he is a fat bastard. You don't give a man a shot in the pills, right? And then we get this the the part the do not touch this button button. <laughs> and meanwhile, back in 1969, yep, we have a uh, you only live twice reference. Yeah, where he picks up Mini Me, <laughs> and we get uh, a, we get the penis joke part two. Uh huh. I do appreciate when he's like, it looks like a giant, and she's like, penis. Human also known as a tallywhacker, schlong, or wiener. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> no one has ever called it a tallywhacker. No. And Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> it's just like my husband's one-eyed monster. And then we get more uh, Jerry Springer in the credits. Yep. And we find out that Frau Forbissina is Scott's is the mother. mother. Yep. Which we kind of figured out already. And we find out. And we also get Austin, past Austin. Yes. Is... <laughs> past Austin? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the very best, the after credit scene. Oh, yeah. Mustafa is, yeah. is there. He's like, hello up there, is the movie over? I'm still down here, but I'm still in quite a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, this movie is okay. Yeah. I would say that they have run, they have, the franchise, the franchise has run its course. Yes. And they really did not need to make another, but this movie made money, so of course they will. Of course they will. And we'll talk about that next time. Indeed. With Austin, what is it, Austin Powers in Goldmember, I believe is the Correct. actual title of the movie. It is. Yeah. But. Oh, we didn't talk about the title controversy of this one. <laughs> oh, well, we have time. All right, so. First off, apparently there were some countries where shag was considered inappropriate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you have things like Singapore saying, calling it Austin Powers, the spy who was very nice to me. Right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have <laughs> Norway calling it Austin Powers, the spy who ejaculated on me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which just, man, okay. Way yeah. to go there, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I like the German title that translates it to spy in the secret missionary position. What is the secret mission? Oh, oh, oh I just got the I just got the pun. Okay. Yeah. Does it still work as a pun in German? No. <laughs> like secret mission isn't like it, that wouldn't be a like how what. Is is that an accidental pun? No, I don't think so. Because it, you know, secret mission, like uh, a spy. Yeah. No. Yeah. B 
but that wouldn't work in German, right? I I, I don't know. We'll have to ask some German people. We'll have who to know. ask a German, yeah. If you're German, yeah. uh, go ahead and <laughs> drop us a line. Other names I like in Croatia, the film title is The Spy Who Groped Me, which is awkward. Uh, Brazil, The Spy Good in Bed. And in conservative China... Now, Mojo's taken away. Yep. In conservative China, The Spy Who Liked Me a Lot, which I think you already <laughs> mentioned. Well, no, I'd mentioned Singapore, oh, The Spy Who Was Very the Nice. The Spy Who me. Shoiked Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Next week, we'll hit the last of the Austin Powers films, for now, mm-hmm. and perhaps forever. If they make four, we'll have to do a special episode for it. Oh, hopefully not. Alright, well, thank you for listening to us this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, at PodSpiel, or you can send us an email at SpielPodcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter, at Tyrannicus. And you can find me on Twitter, at Listening to Film. I guess all that's left to say is that License to Spiel will return with Austin Powers in Goldmember. Dun 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 dun. dun.